0: It's time to
1: meet the Aqua Sox with Pat Dillon and Steve Willis. Welcome back to the Everett Aqua Sox pregame show presented by Tulela Resort and Casino. And joining us right now, starting outfielder Alberto Rodriguez, and he's also joined by Coach Jose Umbria. Uh, Alberto, first thing for you here, we need a number between 1
2: and 100. 50. Okay, number 50. Funniest TV show or movie you've ever watched. ¿Cuál es la el show
3: o una película la más cómica que tú has visto en tu vida? La cómica. El nombre no me acuerdo, pero es de look tendría que buscarla.
2: Pero mm-hmm. es dominicana.
3: No, it's in the pero sabe, but you know, it's show? Sí. He, he
2: said he couldn't remember the name of that. I know it's kind of like more the jokes, than the joke show, but he couldn't remember the number, but he said it's like, it's so funny. That was the one he's really
1: well, watching. And you're always smiling. Every time I see you, you always get a, you're always positive. You always, always get a smile on your face. Do you enjoy uh, things that are funny?
2: Do you enjoy comedy? He says that every time he sees you, at least he sees you a smile on your face. That's why you enjoy all the moments you live and what you do.
3: Claro, porque esto es lo que, o sea, yo adentro del terreno y afuera del terreno siempre estoy contento porque, ¿Primero? primeramente, todo es lo que yo vivo y esto es lo único que yo sé, que se hace.
2: Yeah, first of all, I mean, off the field, yeah, he's, you know, he was happy, enjoy, especially on the field, is more enjoyable because, you know, it's a thing, you know, he's doing, it's a thing he loves to do, it's baseball.
1: And he plays it very well. Late, uh, recently, ranked number three on the Mariners' prospect list on MLB.com. First of all, congratulations,
2: that's a big deal. And and do you pay attention to those sort of things? Do you enjoy seeing your name way up there? obviamente, con respecto a la que siempre te sonriendo, que ahora más porque últimamente jugando muchísimo mejor, que él está viendo ahora que en el ranking de las grandes ligas tú estás para la organización, es el prospecto número 3, que si tú sigues eso y, y, si, y eso te hace sentir feliz más feliz todavía.
3: Claro, eh, más que feliz me hace tener como una responsabilidad, tú sabes, me hace tener una responsabilidad de, de, de enseñar a los muchachos que vienen nuevos, de que prácticamente yo soy un ejemplo para ellos, tú sabes, igual que para mí eso es lo primordial.
2: Yeah, he says like, yeah, he's he's he knows he's just happy, which is, but it's more like a responsibility for him, mm. you know, trying, you know, you know, show, you know, everybody like why he's prospect number three. So it's more responsibility, you know, it's more like challenge, but which is acceptable for him. Which will do it because also, you know, he's he's gonna be example for the guys behind him. Mm. You know how hard it is to get there, and how we you we you have to be responsible when you are in that kind of spot
1: talk about responsibility for the players coming up behind you. Uh, how about some of the players coming up ahead of you? you? Being from the Dominican Republic, who were some of the players you looked up to? And, and when did you get started in baseball?
2: Por lo menos dice que también jugadores como tú que jugadores que vienen atrás, jugadores que están adelante de ti, que también es importante. Pero que más o menos que... ¿Cuándo tú empezaste a jugar béisbol?
3: ¿Cuándo? Uff! Yo tenía como ocho años, nueve, por right? ahí, más o menos. Yeah, he started playing baseball when he was super little. When he's
2: like nine eight years old, that's when he started really playing.
1: Nine years old, mm-hmm. and it seems to be doing well for him. He's become a doubles machine this year too. Twenty-six doubles this year, thirty-one last year. Were you always a doubles hitter? Were you always looking for those uh, those base hits into the gap and off the walls? él dice que
2: te ha convertido en una máquina de dobles que el año pasado hiciste treinta 26. Is ya tienes veintiséis que es algo que tú buscas o simplemente que te sale.
3: No, eso bendiciones de Dios. Eso yo no lo busco. Yo simplemente voy a hacer, a cometer mi plan ahí, hacer trabajo. Eso sale solo. No, he says, like, always,
2: you know, having the same plan, commit to, commit execute it, and then just that's come off, and like, and thank God for doing that. <laughs>
1: it seems to be working for Alberto Rodriguez. We should mention, too, traded from Toronto a couple of years ago. You were part of the Taiwan Walker trade. What has it been like for you the last couple of years? How much
2: are you enjoying playing for the Seattle Mariners organization? Que fuiste cambiado hace dos <laughs> años por Taiwan Walker. Él dice que de aquí ese cambio, los últimos dos años que obviamente está con nosotros, cómo se ha sentido
3: ya ser parte de la organización de los marineros. No yo me siento como en mi casa eh. yo vi esto como una oportunidad, tú sabes, y la estoy aprovechando. Veo esto como mi casa y siento como yo estoy aquí desde el principio, tú sabes. Yeah, I feel like a, this is my house, this is my
2: family. Um I start obviously I start to enjoy after the tray and I try to be me and then you know try and be like the same guy and also, you know, now I, you know, I it's my family, this is my home. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is a business. I mean, uh, things do happen. You and Noel Elvi Marte were very close. I know you roomed together on the road. Uh, he gets traded last week. While you guys are in Vancouver, were you with him at the time and what is that like because really it's not just about from fans we see it as a baseball player but it's your human beings and right your your friends and it's family to you and
2: what is that like to have to go through that and to kind of have to block some of that out afterwards So sea, dice que por lo menos allá esto es parte del negocio por lo menos tú fuiste cambiado hace dos años ya la semana pasada sabemos que él dice que él sabe que tu la, la relación contigo con Noel ha sido muy estrecha mm-hmm. que son amigos desde niños que que se sintió cuando lo cambiaron ese día que si tú estaba con él cuando pasó el cambio y obviamente que cómo los ha asumido y sabemos que eh, por lo menos nosotros o ellos lo ven como si fuera lo ven de afuera como un cambio pero que ellos saben que ustedes son humanos y eran grandes personas y eso por más que sea afecta pues
3: no tú sabes cuando dieron esa noticia nosotros primero que todo lloramos mucho porque Especialmente aquí, nosotros nos ayudamos mucho, cada vez que uno está debiéndose, el otro apoya a uno y eso. Y yo lo he asumido bien porque al final de todo, tú sabes, es jugar pelotas que uno va, eso es lo que uno sabe hacer. Y estando allá, estamos aquí, tenemos la misma comunicación y seguimos hablando mucho.
2: Yeah, he said it was at the beginning. Yeah, he, he was in the room when he got three. Obviously, it was a lot of, you know, emotional moment, cry, stuff like that. I was including myself, too, <laughs> by mm-hmm. the way. And then, um, yeah, he said, like, you know, he's, you know, they take, like, obviously, it was kind of hard, but at some point, you know, they talking about, like, okay, this is baseball. This is what thing we love to do, and we're going to continue to play. It's just obviously, it's another team. You, some, it's going to be hard at the beginning, but you have to keep moving forward. And a good log is going to be good for you at the end of your life, mm. so, which is good.
1: Final question: What is one or two things that maybe you'd like to improve on in the next couple of years? If we were to sit down and do this interview in one or two years from now, how would Alberto Rodriguez like to improve as a baseball
2: player? El dice que en los últimos que te quedan aquí, por lo menos de aquí en dos años o aquí a que termina la temporada, qué sería lo que te gustaría a ti mejorar y ser mejor, y que si en dos años estamos haciendo entrevista, tú puedas decir que mejoraste lo que dijiste en algún momento.
3: No, yo quiero seguir siendo mejor persona. Tu sabes, eso yo pido que lo pim el ideal yeah first of all
2: he's going to continue to do development be a better person be a better clubhouse teammate be a better you know pro, pro ball professional baseball you know in all aspects you know we have a, you know MLB standards that's what he want to do right now because everything on the field is going to come on myself.
1: Definitely. Well, certainly, he's been a lot of fun to watch, Alberto Rodriguez. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, thanks for all the uh, the excitement out there on the baseball field this season.
2: Gracias por todo. Que gracias por todos los los éxitos que los ha dado y las emociones que le ha dado en el campo.
3: No, gracias a ustedes. Gracias a ustedes.
1: Welcome back to the Everett Aqua Sox pregame show presented by the Tulalip Resort and Casino. And joining us right now, one of the catchers for the Everett Aqua Sox, David Schaefer. And David, first I got to ask you for a number between 1 and 100, this is
4: the icebreaker question to get us started. Let's go 79.
1: 79, a number in the 70s. You're not born in 1979, you're way too young. Where did that number come from?
4: Uh, first number that I thought of.
1: Okay, very um, well played. I like that. Here's your question favorite thing to do. On a snow day. Uh, now, you're from North Carolina. I don't know. How many
4: snow days have you had in your life? Uh, we usually get one or two good ones a year. Um, sometimes years go by, and we uh, you know, we get one little snow that's like three or four inches. But um, favorite snow activity, it's been a while since I've done it, but I used to love to snowboard. Okay. Um, where do you snowboard bit. back in the, uh, the Northeast? Um, d- just a couple places in North Carolina. Uh, there's a couple good ones in West Virginia that we used to go to. Um, and then up in Pennsylvania, where my dad's family's from.
1: Yeah, I cringed a little bit when I saw the North Carolina guy draw that question. Glad you had an answer for it. We just mentioned you're from North Carolina. Mount Airy, is that how you pronounce it?
4: Yes, Mount Airy.
1: Now, you're not the most famous person to come out of there, right?
4: Not even close. <laughs> I'm
1: guessing we're going to say Andy Griffith.
4: Yeah, that's probably a safe bet. Yeah, um, home of the Andy Griffith Show.
1: Well, um, that was my next question, because Mayberry on the Andy Griffith Show, for those that have watched the show from back in the 60s, yeah. I'm not that old, but I've watched it in syndication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been told that Mayberry is more or less based on Mount Airy. Is that true? What are yeah. some of the similarities?
4: Yeah, so the show was based on our town, Mount Airy. Um, if you go back now, there's a whole bunch of tourist activities. Um, downtown Mount Airy is... Um, kind of set, like, you go back in time a little bit. You um, still have a, a few pieces from the show. Uh, you can go see um, the old sheriff house. You can go see uh, Wally service station, things like that. So it's a cool little town with uh, some history. And, um, yeah, definitely not the most famous person to come out of there. <laughs>
1: well, uh, no, Andy Griffith's character, I think, was Andy Taylor, Sheriff Taylor. He was the sheriff of the town of Mayberry. He didn't carry a gun. I'm guessing the uh, the police department in Mount Airy, they do carry
4: guns? They, they do now.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. It's no longer the 1960s. Well, your father, Danny, played baseball for eight years in the major leagues. A catcher. You are a catcher. So can I assume that when you were old enough to, uh, to put a glove on, was a catcher's mitt put on your, your hand
4: right away? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was uh, he was primarily a catcher. He was also a utility player, so he bounced around a lot. But, uh, yeah, from the time I was little, um, he got me a catcher's mid, and I, I mean, I've loved the position, so it's been fun.
1: What is your, fa- what is your earliest memory of playing catcher? I mean, at, at the T ball level, you don't get to do much, right? You're just kind of standing behind the tee. Were you playing it even then?
4: Yeah, I, honestly, I, I don't remember too much about back then. Um, I have a lot of good memories, though, when uh, my dad was managing and we would travel a lot. I would play for teams in whatever cities we were in, so... Um, I still know the names of guys on those teams, my coaches, and things like that. So those are those are more like the early catching memories.
1: You're good, by the way. You're getting ahead of me one question at a time. I was just <laughs> going to
4: ask you about that. Yeah. Dad did
1: manage in the minor leagues. I would assume, looking at some of the years and trying to kind of do the math, a lot of uh, your youth. So yeah. did you spend a lot of time at minor league ballparks back when you were a kid? And uh, what was that experience
4: like? Yeah, I think I think a lot of time is an understatement. Um, <laughs> He, he managed from the time I was little until uh, I was, I think his last year managing where we actually traveled for the summer, I was like 14. Um, so before then we would, we would pack up and go to whatever uh, city he was at and whatever team he was managing, uh, our whole family would. And so, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we moved around a lot um, and I really never spent a summer in Mount Airy until uh, I was pretty much in high school. So as far as when you're traveling
1: during the summer months, are you the bat boy on the team? Are you out there shagging balls in the field? What What is the experience like as a, a youth with a dad as a manager of a minor league team as a kid?
4: Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much grew up in a clubhouse, um, shagged a lot of BP. We'd go ahead in the cages when there was time. Um, once I was old enough, I would jump in a BB, BP group. Um... Yeah, it was just a, a ton of fun, uh, a lot of really good memories from, I have an older brother too, and so uh, we would spend a ton of time at the ballpark and just really cherish those memories.
1: So now is dad still involved in the game?
4: Um, he's Well, he's still involved in baseball, uh, doing some different things. Uh, his last year in pro ball, I believe, was uh, 2019. Uh, he spent over 40 years as a player and a coach, um, and then now he runs a facility um, back in Mount Airy uh, and does some traveling with some scouting stuff. but.
1: So how often are you able to pick his brain and talk to him about things? In this day and age with the Internet, I would imagine yeah. he has a chance to watch your at-bats and whatnot. Do you, do you still talk baseball a lot?
4: Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll watch whenever uh, we're, we're playing somewhere that has a live feed, obviously. So, um, yeah, it's good. We talk here and there throughout the season. Um, it's always good having somebody that close who has experienced literally everything that you're going through. Um, so it's pretty cool. He's a lot of, a lot of good wisdom.
1: So you grew up in North Carolina. You played some college ball at Masters University. And by the way, you're the second player on the Aqua Sox this year to have played at Masters. We had Robert Winslow also. Even for those of us that grew up on the West Coast, we don't know a lot about that school. What is it about that particular school? How does a guy from North Carolina end up out in California?
4: Yeah, it's a it's a long story, uh, but the short version is um, we my family had heard about the school through uh, a former teammate of my dad's, um, who used to be on staff there. And uh, my older brother played there for four years, and he was a big influence into me going out there. But yeah, it's a small Christian school, an NAIA school in Santa Clarita. Um, not not many big-name players have come out of there but a lot of good players go through there every year um it's just a it's a really special place um i grew a lot uh, in both my faith and uh in baseball as well while i was there and so um i just just really cherish the time that i got to spend there with rob for a couple of years so that was a lot of fun it's cool Things kind of come in full circle and being teammates for a little bit this year. So it was pretty cool.
1: No, definitely. And then you end up at UNC Wilmington for, I believe it was, Wilmington for one year, correct?
4: Yeah, I grad transferred there. Um, I graduated from Masters in 2017. Uh, grad transferred uh, to Wilmington, which is a few hours from where I grew up in uh, North Carolina. And then I spent uh, a season there and then signed with the Mariners at the end of that year. So why the Mariners? Uh, they were the team that, that gave me a call. Um, they called me with a few rounds to go in the draft and let me know that they were going to sign me as soon as the draft was over. And so... Um, didn't really um, think about anything. I, I just I signed right away and didn't really want to talk to anybody else. I just wanted to take the opportunity and get on a plane and go.
1: I did want to ask you a little bit about last season. You played with four different teams in the Mariners organization. Let's just rattle them off here. Everett, Modesto, Arkansas, Tacoma. You and your wife Ivy, though, you had a very uh, unique situation when you were in town with Everett. Tell me about the, the living situation while you were here.
4: Yeah, so last year, um, right before the season, uh, actually, I, I think it was right after Christmas, uh, we decided to uh, buy an RV and uh, we bought that back in North Carolina. I spent about two months before spring training renovating it and then uh brought it out to spring training in Arizona and our plan was to live in it the whole season uh so we lived in it in spring training we lived in it for the first two months of the season last year when I was in Everett um and then I started getting moved around a lot so um it's hard when you're going from back and forth between Washington to Arkansas and so um, the RV doesn't go every trip, yeah, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And um, it's my, my wife wasn't comfortable, nor was I, with her driving it by herself across the country. So uh, we left it in Everett. Actually, a couple players lived in it for a little bit while we were gone. And then uh, we moved back into it when I got sent back to Everett. Um, so it was pretty cool. It was, uh, the, the full living experience didn't go exactly the way that we had hoped, um, with, just with all the movement. But... Um, definitely had an awesome time renovating it and living in it. Uh, we actually sold it at the end of uh, the season uh, right after the season ended and um, that was our plan all along was to eventually flip it and uh, we just sold it a little bit quicker than we thought we would have.
1: You, you did pique my interest now, so who who are the players that lived it in and how did they maintain the RV?
4: <laughs> so uh, we were we were parked next to one of the host family's house. Um, Let's give them a
1: shout out too. Yeah. We know
4: the our community up there. Yeah, the Nicholsons. Um, so they took care of the RV while we were gone and then uh, Cody Gross... Uh, one of the players that was here last year lived in it for a little bit, and uh, I don't know—I don't know who else made their way in and out of the RV, but it was there and available to anybody that wanted to use it. Cody seems like a well-behaved guy, so I'm sure there were yeah, no problems. Course. No, not at all.
1: No, 2022, you mentioned the RVs gone, so are we now doing the regular housing now, and how's that working out? You're still bouncing around a little bit, so yeah. I would imagine you and, uh, you and Ivy still kind of going back and forth a little when you have been moving, and yeah. how's that working out for you? Unique situation, really, because you are kind of that guy that goes in and fills in where you're needed. Mm-hmm. I would think, on, to some degree, it's kind of a, a fun— time to kind of experience different things but at the same time yeah. you're a married guy you'd probably like to stay in one place for a little while so what has it been like for you the last couple summers?
4: Yeah it's been a little bit of both I mean um on one hand you know of course it's enjoyable to go to different places see different cities you know play in Triple A for a good amount of time um but at the same time you know with a wife who travels with you it's just the logistics are kind of hard sometimes um but it comes with the territory and she Handles it with such grace, and um, we just try and make the best of whatever situation that we're in. And um, it's been it's been a fun couple of years. Um, it's definitely um, not gone exactly the way that we had planned for it to go, but nothing. Of course, nothing ever. Nothing ever does. You you take you know whatever situation you're thrown into and just make the absolute best of it. And um, it's been a fun couple of years, and she's been been able to spend a lot of time with me. Um, just going back different places and like last year and this year when I've got sent different places we've had some family members come out and do the drive to wherever it is whether it's like from Everett to Modesto or back up or to Arkansas last year um, so it's been it's, it's been fun it really has.
1: Great well David Schaefer selfishly we like you to stay in Everett for a lo- yeah. little while longer but I know you want to move up uh, thanks so much for your time and thanks for all your contributions to this team and the organization. Yeah thanks Steve. to the Tulalip Resort and Casino Everett Aqua Sox pregame show, and joining us right now, the skipper of the Everett Aqua Sox, Eric Ferris, and we're gonna have a little fun with you today, uh, Skip. We're gonna ask you some questions and get to know you a little bit rather than talk about the team. Gonna start off the same way we do with the players, the icebreaker portion of this. 100 questions, give
5: me a number. Number five. Number five, has that always been your number, by the way? Uh, It has been as a pro, I'd say. Um, kinda started in college. I think it was just one of those numbers that I was handed and just kind of rolled with it, but I, I, I don't have a huge preference. If there's a number that fits me or a jersey that fits me, it's fine. but five is definitely my favorite. Okay, and you got one of the more unusual questions I've ever
1: asked during this portion, so I've been waiting for this one, and I'm gonna to get to hear one now. Would you rather go through life two feet tall or 10 feet tall? Oof, good question. Oh, way too tall or way too short? I don't think you'll be managing it. Well, two feet, I think you can still manage,
5: but 10 feet, you might not be able to get into the dugout very well. I think I might say two feet tall. You know, I think most people would say 10, but I think I'd go two. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the comfort level of the way I'm able to move around will be a little bit easier at two feet than 10, but... Um, what an odd question.
1: But, it, uh, it, I'm a go it, two.
5: it is an odd question,
1: but that's what we like to hear. We want to see where you're, where you're going yeah, to go with, with it. You. So uh, there we go. I, I think I would do the same, to be honest with you. We got to talk a little bit about you uh, personally. And you kind of sprung one on me here a few weeks ago when I asked you what you were going to do during the upcoming break. You, you mentioned you were getting married. I had no clue. You and your, uh, your lovely wife, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about the wedding. You got married in Kingston, Washington, just right across the ferry. And that had nothing to do with the fact that you were the Everett Aqua
5: Sox manager, right? uh well okay i guess when i did find out that i was gonna manage here and we were in the midst of planning and figuring out where we were going to have our wedding um that's kind of how it came up um my wife's mother lives in port orchard up here in washington so um it kind of made sense that there'd be some family close by we'd also have some help being able to plan her being in the area and uh, you know, not a bad destination for our guests and our friends and family to come spend a few days. So um, it all worked out. It was beautiful. It was amazing. The weather couldn't have been any better uh, for the for the All-Star break or for the wedding week. So no complaints. It was absolutely perfect. And it, it worked out exactly how we wanted
1: and I had a chance to meet some of your family when they came up for that. Your your mom Elizabeth, we had her as the fan of the game. I think there was uh, some sisters, uh, yeah. nieces. Uh, I think your 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 mother-in-law, your stepfather-in-law. A lot of great folks there. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize how big the wedding was too. For the middle of the week in the summer, that's not always easy to pull off, especially at a place like Kingston, not the easiest place to get to. You guys had a fairly good-sized wedding too, didn't you?
5: Oh yeah, we did. And you know it. It just it just shows you know the commitment we have from our friends and family and. You know, everybody was able to show up and like you said, the travel isn't easy from the flights to the ferries, to the Ubers, to whatever it took to to get to the island and uh, enjoy the day with us. But, um, you know, we have a really great family, both sides and, you know, they've already been able to bond and get to know each other more and our friends are much of the same. So it was great. And like I said, uh, we couldn't be more fortunate than to have the group of people in our lives that we do
1: one a lot of times the fans forget this is a grind over the summer you guys are playing baseball six days a week a lot of times that seventh day is a travel day you don't get a lot of time to spend with family and friends and to go all
5: over the country to have them all come to you in the middle of the season had to be kind of nice for you oh and you know this is my 16th year in pro ball and i have rarely leave the city that i'm in for the all-star break or do anything over the all-star break it's usually just let me just relax and and hang out so it was a bit hectic to (laughs) say the least and but nonetheless it was still fun to be able to see a lot of the folks that I usually am not able to see until the off season, and um, being able to share a couple days with them and party a little bit and kind of catch up was, was always nice and to have To have it happen right in the middle of the season while you're going through this grind, it was a nice little relief and get away for a few days before, you know, we got back to it.
1: Well, and then just, uh, I guess it was last week now, you had a few days off. And what a lot of folks don't realize is that at the minor league level, generally speaking, coaches and managers get a four or five day window during the season. You took yours recently. So what does a guy like you do when you get a little free time? Do you stay as far away from baseball as you can? Well,
5: interesting enough, I was actually the best man in the wedding Of my best man two weeks prior so so we we being best friends that we are we planned our weddings two weeks apart (laughs) and they were both destination weddings for all of our friends and family so it was uh it's been wild and but i definitely stayed away from baseball for those four days and um just checked in with these guys and the staff on occasion over the couple days but it was another just time to get away and slow down and after my wedding and you know the hectic couple weeks prior. It was it was a nice uh, time to relax and, and get away for a bit.
1: No, definitely. You uh, you grew up in the California area. You played your high school ball in Chandler, Arizona, right outside of Phoenix. Where is home nowadays? And uh, tell me a little bit about what you do during the off season. I can't think that Eric Ferris is living, sleeping, breathing baseball 12 months a year. Do you get a chance to get away a little bit?
5: Yeah, no. I live in Sacramento, um, California. Um, I'm actually I consider myself a hobbyist to be honest. I kind of get. Into a lot of things in the off season. It's over the last couple of years. It's been woodworking, DJing. I cook all the time. I uh, like to do a lot of things, and I, I give lessons as well, and kind of stay connected to baseball as much as I can. But if I'm if I'm not on the golf course, I'm usually in the kitchen. If I'm not in the kitchen, I'm in the backyard doing some woodworking project, and if it's not that, I'm in the garage DJing. So it's it's. I like to do a lot of things. I like to you know explore and. You know, get my hands dirty a bit and use the offseason and the time away from the field to either learn new things or you know, just kind of brush up on some hobbies. So does the manager of the Aqua Sox have a DJ name?
1: Or do no, you want to share it with no, us? No,
5: I no, don't, I, I, don't, I don't yet, but I do plan on maybe mixing in a couple gigs this offseason. Okay. I, think, I think my skills have, have gotten to a point where I might be able to do a, a, a small gathering or maybe even a small wedding. I don't know. Stay tuned for that. Well, what about cooking? What do you what are you making in the kitchen? Uh, you name it. Um, I, I actually am very versatile in the kitchen. I will try anything. I will eat anything, and um, I am not afraid to mess something up. So um, you name it, I'll try it, I'll cook it. Um, but in the off season, I do tend to be on the grill quite a bit, just because it's football season, and uh, I love watching football, and I love the weekends in the off season and being able to get out and hang out with the friends and family and put some food on the grill of the smoker and hang out. So that, that's, that tends to be where I live the most in the off season. You mentioned football, i got to ask, so who are the teams? San Francisco 49ers, they play the Packers in about an hour. Uh, so, looking forward to you know seeing the highlights of that game later on tonight. And we know he's being honest because he's up in Seahawk country and he just admitted
1: to our audience that he's a 49er fan.
5: I know, I think about that all the time.
1: <laughs> Didn't want to ask you quickly about your baseball career. You got to the majors for a quick coffee stop. You got one base hit, which for people like me, I just think that's the coolest thing ever just to get there. You, to get a little taste of it and not get a little bit more of it, was is it something that you look back on fondly now? Um, what are your memories of, of playing for the Milwaukee Brewers for a short time?
5: Oh, I mean, obviously, it's the highlight of my playing career. Mm-hmm. Easily is being able to have even the short opportunity to play in the big leagues, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's. I look back on that on that time and that experience, and it's a lot of the reason why I'm here now, and mm-hmm. I'm able to do what I do now. So um, it's all part of the story, and in a baseball life like i've had uh all those little moments whether it's showtime in the big leagues or the long tenure in the minor leagues it's all uh, piled up to get me here and it's all going to be worth it and um, i'm very blessed and And happy to have the career that I've had and it's it's only positioned me to be where I'm at now for sure. So you're kind of
1: the Crash Davis of the uh, the group here Bull Durham when that scene in the movie where and again this was the 80s so they didn't have the internet when all of a sudden the guys find out that he made it to the show and they all want to come around him and hear the stories have you had moments like that in the minors where some of these guys who are trying to get to where you've been all of a sudden find out Skip's been at the show and have have they had a chance to ask you a little bit about that?
5: Uh, Of of course and I I try to I try to limit the old war stories as much as I can but um, you know part of our jobs is being able to share our experiences with these younger players and being that I was able to get to the highest level and have a short time there I, I do feel like I have some knowledge to impart on these guys and um, nonetheless the experience alone and uh, just the accountability that comes with being a big leaguer is is what I like to teach these guys and you know just about being a pro and. You know, if you want to get there, you not only have to perform here, but you got to do the right things off the field. You got to be able to be a good teammate. And there's a lot more to be in a big leaguer than just what we see on TV. So I try to let those guys know and, you know, have them started here because it's only going to help you when you get when you get there. Absolutely. Well, he's a bit of a philosopher there. He's a former big leaguer.
1: He's a great manager here for the Aqua Sox. Woodwork, DJ, cook, a little bit of everything. And now a newly married man, Eric Ferris. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. We'll take a break right now. We'll have more on the Tulela Resort and Casino pregame show when we continue right after this. to the Tulalip Resort and Casino Everett Aqua Sox pregame show over here in Tri-Cities this week with Jose Umbria, one of the coaches for the Aqua Sox who also filled in as the manager for a few days last week while Eric Ferris was on vacation and coach before we get things started I need a number between 1 and 100. Number 1. Number 1 numero uno. Okay. Most beautiful place you have ever been to.
2: You've probably of, seen a few in your time. A lot of plays. I remember Joey, Uh I think my second or third year in Pro Bowl. I was with when I played with Toronto Blue Jays. We in San Catherine. so we in the Niagara Falls. I think it was another one of those beautiful thing i ever seen in my life
1: Oh, well, i can imagine that. just going out over there and watching
2: the falls and just checking it all out yes that was really pretty i have some photo obviously at that time we don't have many cell phones i was regular photo, so i think <laughs> i think i should have my mom i think have those photos which is that was an exciting moment i remember no definitely well hopefully one of these days now that we do have cell
1: phones that take pictures you can get back out there right <laughs> tell me a little bit about managing last week what was that experience like for you obviously you've you've been around the game for so long you've been a part of the Mariners organization now for 12 years. So, what was it like for you while Coach or uh, the skipper was out of town?
2: Well, like really, you know, always like a, every 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 moment, you know, coaching moment, whatever. I take it like really seriously, I take it like personal. I like challenge myself. Uh, it's uh, it's another experience, which is like a last year I did too when Boy left. You know, every year, you know, when has been coaching. If I know the manager, I can do the same thing. And I really, obviously, it's more responsibility. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, you have to be more into into the game. Um, And it's just like it's really challenging for me. And then uh, obviously my record (laughs) wasn't that good. But other than that, yeah, that was that was good. And I really enjoy. Well, one of the things we would ask uh, Eric Ferris about from time to time, if we're going into a new week
1: is some of the new guys on the team. And you had a few last week, one in particular, Robert Perez Jr.
2: was just tearing up the baseball. Tell me a little bit about him and what you've seen so far. Wow, Roberts, he's he's the kid, you know, like uh, like everybody knows. I know this kid for so long. I play with his dad. And also see him, the way he grew up, the way he makes in his swing and his, you know, in baseball in general. I mean I feel really, really, you know, really happy for him for his family. And you know, he's really like he's he's really strong kid, really great kid. And now we he's swing and now he start more, you know, start, you know, have a better plan, better approach at the play. Now we can see the result, we can see the numbers. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's he's I mean he's on the right track. Tell me about Ben Wu and also maybe give me a few words about uh, Ben Ramirez. Or Brian Wu and Ben Ramirez. Well, both guys, really I see. I didn't see as much. I see obviously last year and this year and spring training a little bit. Oh no, this year. Sorry. Um, I mean Ramirez, I like this kid really good. The baseman defensively good. You good swing. You know compact swing on left side. And Wu like really like I say I just see seen throwing open only and maybe one game spring training. Now I see it. Last week I had the opportunity to watch him twice. Like he's really athletic kick, and then it's really fun to watch the way he throw the baseball. He's really competitive guy.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about
2: you for a moment here. You're from Venezuela. Now, where's home for you right now? Okay, uh, I'm kind of over the place right now. My home is in Peoria, Arizona. That's where I have my you know my family, my daughter. But you know, like I say, I grew up in Venezuela. I still have my family, my mom, my brothers over there. Cuchu, I'm really excited because probably I 100%. I'm uh, going to be sitting next month. By the uh, After the season over, I'm going to be back to see my daughter in Arizona for a couple of days, and i going to fly to Venezuela for at least like a week, and then i got to go to the Dominican Republic because I have a job over there to uh, coaching winter ball with uh, Tigres del Licea, which I'm really excited to, which is going to be baseball the whole year, which is fine. But yeah, I'm kind of, you know, all over places. but right now my home is Peoria, Arizona. <laughs>
1: so Peoria, Arizona, Venezuela, you're going to be managing or coaching in the Dominican Republic. You've been with six different organizations throughout, six different affiliates. I should
2: say, throughout the Mariners organization. You're always on the go. Do you, do you enjoy the variety of this job? Yes, for sure, 100%. And like I say, always my goal is going to be in the big leagues. I know it's something is hard, you know, but it's always my goal. And, you know, I'm going to reach to it at some point And then i just going to continue. I'm really, I don't really worry about much, you know, where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I was trying, you know, be, you know, be on the right time, the right moment, just trying, you know, be me, whatever they need me, whatever the organization need me. I'm trying to do my best to help them out. You know, the organization, the players, you know, the coaches, it's really money for me when I, you know, it's not like big deal. Like if I go to triple A, high A or type different coaching, because I know I can be around, I it has been around the. The game a lot, so I can do a lot of stuff like catching, hitting, even manager. So I'm kind of prepared for that. All I trying to do is like be on the right time, the right moment. You know.
1: You played in 475 minor league games. Uh, does that help you relate to these guys more? I mean, obviously,
2: you, you know what their journey is. You know where they're trying to get to. How does that help you in terms of dealing with them? Oh, for sure, because uh, you know I play for a long time. I play a lot of games, and obviously, you know, I think the biggest thing when you learn when you play the game like that, you know. Uh, it's, it's more like you know have a feeling for the guys you know mm-hmm. you we know how hard is the game we know how tough it is we know sometimes it, you know a lot of things they don't go well and then when they go well you got to keep doing and when they don't, you have to keep fighting and it's kind of hard you know you have to feel the player because you know we i we in that spot before and i know how hard it is when you're mm-hmm. struggling or you can be at the play it can be defensively or preaching whatever it's hard it's one of those biggest things that really helped me out a lot you know, acknowledge the game because I can feel the guy when really struggling, so we just, you know, I can I try, you know, find a way to, I can, how am I going to talk to this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, and try and talk to him and find out why, it's, you know, it's kind of struggling and, or like, be prepared for the next day, you know, kind of stuff like that. That's a really, really big part for me. Uh, one of your big roles,
1: obviously, is is working with the Latin players and, and Spanish-speaking players and guys who are, are trying to acclimate to, to a new country at such a young age, too. Uh, you really become a... A much more part of their lives more so than just baseball it's mentoring and, and being able to work with them how, how has that been for you and how much do you enjoy that and seeing them progress and seeing them become
2: you know more going from kids to adults i think it's it's huge it's huge because you know majority of these kids like uh, if we think about it they, when they came to the state they they you know they had the ability to play obviously mm-hmm. like some some guys they're really good they have the tools like they can play in the big leagues but you know be a pro ball in the united states be you know Obviously the culture is different. You know, everything is kind of different by home because I'm I'm from Venezuela, so I know how it is. Obviously I came here super early when I was young, I had the same issue. Now at my age, now with my experience, you know, I'm trying, you know, tell those guys like this is do the right thing. And I know sometimes it's easy to say but it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. You know, tell the kids like you I mean when you gotta be on time, you gotta be on time every single time. You gotta be prepared, stuff like that. You know you when when I think especially for the Latin guys, I think more even the American players like when you sign a professional baseball player, it's kind of like your life change.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Even if you like it or not, you have to make change. Like even, you know, the people you hang around with, the person you text, you know, stuff like that because it's hard because now you're a professional baseball player. The people and the person in your country, whatever, the Latin America, they're gonna look you different which is hard and they, it's hard to they understand also you know the biggest thing is like you they understand the language the language is the biggest part mm-hmm. i mean you have to speak english no matter what because how are you going to communicate with the play how are you going to communicate to your coaches you know with your teammates it's hard so it's, it's something like i really enjoyed to do and then uh, i have a you know i think i have a great relationship with them Obviously we you know with the big guys in the organization they give me the opportunity to do that for the players which I'm trying you know do my best they can understand you know how hard it is. The game is the game, the game is gonna play the same thing everywhere, but all of the game, the language, you know, the culture, you know, like be respectable, be a good teammate, stuff like that. This sometimes it's the hard part for us to understand. That's important. The little thing is important. Sometimes where we came from is not, mm-hmm. so that's the biggest issue. So that's what I'm trying to tell them, like you know, especially like be on time. If somebody say be at 3:30, you you gotta be early at 3:30. You cannot be at 3:40 or 3:35 and say, oh yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's, you gotta be early. Stuff like that. Because in our country, it doesn't matter really much, mm-hmm. but here it's super important. So it's something you know I'm trying to translate to them, like they have to understand that the little things matters. Definitely. One
1: last question I did want to ask you too. You won the Dave Henderson Award a few years back uh, for the top coach in the organization. What did that mean for to you? Obviously, to be recognized by the organization to give you that
2: award. Oh, that was that was a dream come true because I remember never forget that year um, how I kind of you know my daughter she to grow up. She was at that year. She was I think was 13. And then I was a tough age. And mm-hmm. I never remember, you know, I was you know, I was blaming her every day because she was she was she wasn't doing well at school. Mm-hmm. And I was kinda of pissed, you know, and trying, you know, telling, you know, you have to do the right thing, you have to do stuff like that, you know. And then um, I remember one day she started doing way better. And I remember we have a we have a kind of like a meeting at the school. And I went over there and the, every single teacher, you know, they told me opposite backwards they went like a, two months ago. Mm-hmm. She was doing great, fantastic. And I remember after that, she goes, like, Papa, you proud of me. I was like, Yeah, I'm really proud of you. And she goes, like, okay, now you gotta do something for me. I was like, Why do you want me to do something for you? And he goes like I want you to be co-for the year in the organization. I was like, okay, let me try to do that. And to be honest, like I, I tell that her I don't wanna to lie to her, but I was like, I don't know if I can do that. But whatever, she promised and promised and never forget. That was me. We have a lunch that day after the season over. I was in home back in Arizona and I remember Andy McKay called me. And my kid told me, tell me what you're doing, Papi, how's everything? And I was like, everything's going well. And he was like, I got a great news for you. And I was like, yeah, what happened? And he goes, like, OK, you, congratulations, because you're going to, say, so you're going to be the uh, coach of the year. So you're going to enjoy all in Seattle. And that moment, no, I got tears. My daughter, too, I was like, I did it. And she was like, we did it. That was, that was a cool moment, one of my cool in my life, because that was really cool. And always, like I said, that year, I like, fame for the players because, you know, they want, you know, make me, they put me accountable to be a better coach, to be a better person, and also my coaching staff. I remember Danny Hawking, Doug Smith. they don't hear any more organization, but they're really cool with me. Uh, Taylor, he's a trainer in the big leagues right now. You know, Mike, he's a triple-A conditional trainer. So that was, that was a cool moment. That was a great experience, and I hope we're going to do it again. <laughs>
1: a special moment for you and your daughter and yeah. for the organization. Jose, uh, it's been great to have you around here the last couple of years. Continued success, and hopefully we will. We see you wearing that Mariner shirt on your, uh, your chest right now, hopefully one day, sooner than later. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Back to the Everdaughter Sox pregame show presented by the Tulela Resort and Casino. And joining us right now, last night's winning pitcher, Juan Mercedes. And Juan, before we've talked about the game last night and your season, got to ask you for a number between 1 and 100. I uh, got yeah, 39. 39, okay. Your question if you could go back in time and experience one historical event, where would you go? Uh, it could
6: be baseball, history, whatever you want it to be to the '99 season of Pedro Martinez. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, he's my favorite pitcher, so yeah. Pedro Martinez, do you have a favorite Pedro Martinez moment? Oh yeah, the Yankees, when he out 17 versus Yankees, yeah, that was great. I'd love to hear a pitcher give a, uh,
1: a shout out to another pitcher and say he'd like to go back and experience that. Well, let's talk a little bit about last night. You got in a little bit of trouble early on in the game. You gave up a run. And then you settled down and you had six consecutive scoreless innings. So how were you feeling last night and how difficult was it to
6: overcome that first inning? After the first inning, I was like a, like a little bit thinking too much and then I just started to have fun and throw the ball right in the middle.
1: Is sometimes it just a matter of just not thinking as much? Is that kind of the solution sometimes when you're pitching?
6: Oh, yeah. Just have fun and be you. Over there, that's it.
1: I noticed after the game you posted on Instagram a a photo of you pitching and you had a a quote from Dr. Dre uh, talking about overcoming and persevering to to not not lose. Do you get influenced by music a lot?
6: Oh, yeah, I I hear a lot of music. Like before the game, i always like with... Airpods mm-hmm. and listen to music, that's that's what I love to do before the game, yeah.
1: Do you have a particular kind of music that you like to listen to on, on
6: game day when you're pitching? Oh, yeah, always. Um, I'm always, like, listening to rap rap of all sorts, or do you have a certain go-to? I like more the Dominican because that's my first language, but I like some of Snoop Dogg, Dr. Drake, Eminem. so yeah.
1: Getting himself ready with a little bit of everything there. Wanted to ask you about uh, the no-hitter. You and I talked right after the game, I interviewed you on the field. The one and only no-hitter in Aqua Sox history, you mentioned you were going to give the game ball to your mom and dad at some point. Did you? Do you still have the game ball with you up here, or has it been sent down to the Dominican Republic?
6: I had it right here. Yeah, I'm. I'm be waiting for so to go back to Dominican and give it to them. Is yeah. that going to be the first
1: thing you give them when you go back?
6: Oh yeah, first thing.
1: <laughs> and also later on that month, you were named pitcher of the month. What did that mean to you to get that award? That's a pretty big deal. Not everybody can claim one of those, and
6: you've you've been named pitcher of the month for June. Yeah, it was great. I was feeling good that month. I was working hard for that, and then. It happens, yeah.
1: What's been the biggest improvement in your game over
6: the last season? What have you felt like you've worked on the most and where have you seen the, the most? I'm lo- I'm working more in the location, like trying to get, like after the 0-2 count, mm-hmm. trying to get out of the sun and then striking out everyone. You having fun in the process? Oh, yeah. So I- much fun.
1: I-, I saw a picture recently. It was you, Luis Curvello, Noel V. Marte, Prelander Barroa, you went to the Space Needle. Oh, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that.
6: What was that experience like? Uh, it was great. We, we went there, and then we took a lot of pictures. We had fun with uh, Chipotle, <laughs> and it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Did you get a chance to see anything else in Seattle while you were there? Oh, we went to the stadium. We went to the shop. We buy some clothes for the mariners, and we had fun over there.
1: Well and, and speaking of Prelander he uh, he was part of a no hitter last night 5 innings 11 11 pitches or 11 strikeouts for Arkansas did you get a chance to send him a text or anything today have you
6: congratulated him oh yeah we were talking last night he was so happy i was so happy for him He's a great man. Yeah. You talked to him after the game, so that was a late call for him back in Arkansas. Yeah, he was late. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm probably he was probably pretty excited after that game. You don't usually throw a no hitter then go to sleep right away, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no chance. <laughs> well, and tell me a little bit about your uh, your season overall, just in terms of playing in Everett and being around the guys and everything. How, how
6: have you enjoyed this team? Uh, this thing is great. We have fun. we have so much fun like together the pitching staff, the bullpen. I like to be always, always over there. We talk a lot. We have fun. We, we always like trying to to be the best, helping each other. Like this team is great. I love this team.
1: Yeah, and what does the off season look like for you? What do you do once you get back home to the Dominican Republic? Are you gonna rest a little bit? Or are you playing more baseball? What What does the next few
6: months look like for you? Uh, for now, I don't know, but I'm trying to get to get drafted and the and the winter ball. So. I'm trying to, I want, I want to play over there in Dominican, yeah. Just more baseball and more baseball. Yeah, more baseball and more baseball, yeah. Well,
1: it seems to be working out again. A really strong outing last night, seven innings, only gave up the, the one run, eight strikeouts. Juan Mercedes, thanks for your time and uh, great job so far. Continued success to you. Thank you, man. So there you have it, the starting pitcher and the winning pitcher last night, Juan Mercedes. We're going to have more coming up next. You're going to hear from Robert Perez Jr. when the pregame show continues right after this. Welcome back to the Everett Aqua Sox pregame show presented by the Tulalip Resort and Casino. And joining us right now, Robert Perez Jr., a.k.a. Bobby Bombs. We'll get to that here in just a moment. But, Robert, first, I need a number between 1 and 100. I'll say 21. 21, okay. Your question. Favorite condiments to put on a sandwich? What do you like to put on your sandwich when you eat a sandwich? It's a good one. Um... Actually,
7: I got one that um, I think most of the guys right here doesn't like, but I'll say ketchup. Ketchup on your sandwich? Yeah, on my sandwich, yeah.
1: Do you you put ketchup on everything, or are you one of those people? Uh, Not in
7: everything. Um, but pretty much in almost everything, but not in, every, in, not in everything. Okay.
1: Ketchup does work, we won't, we'll give you that one. It's a little bit unusual for a sandwich, but it it works. we got to talk a little bit about your baseball right now. You hit a home run last night, third home run in 10 games. You hit 20 in Modesto this year, and you got a new nickname this year from when you were here last. Uh, you're now, they're now calling you Bobby Bombs. Where did that nickname come from? How long You weren't going by that in 2019, right, when you were here? No, I wasn't. Um, yeah, that came this year honestly
7: i don't know exactly from who um i know um the broadcaster from modesto started calling me like that too but i'm not pretty sure who started saying it but yeah um they started calling me like that and i really like it and it's been pretty fun too. i
1: was gonna say that was my next question do you like the nickname and you've kind of embraced it yeah it's, it's,
7: it's, it's been fun um a lot of people in the, in the organization started calling me like that too but yeah it's, 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 it's pretty it's pretty fun
1: well, talk a little bit about the experience in Modesto. You hit 21, 20 home runs this year. Uh, new career high for you right there. How, how much more confidence do you have now just after that experience early in the season?
7: Um, yes, I'll say, I'll say a lot of um, confidence. Uh, I've been putting a lot of work, too. Um, it was fun in Modesto. Um, you know, it's been, I've been there two years now, last year and this year, too. So it has been, you know, a lot of work putting together, um, a lot of preparation, and um, the results being coming out. So that's good.
1: You're 22 years old now. You were 19 when you last played for Everett back in 2019. You mentioned a lot of work and a lot of preparation. How much have you changed in those three years since we last saw you?
7: Uh, I'll say a lot of things, honestly. Um, you know, uh, my body, mechanically. You know, a lot of things. Actually, um, it's been yeah, like three years, so. Um, there's been a lot of things, you know, um, since then, but, um, you know, everything for a good reason and thank God, um, you know, the results been coming out and, you know, I just, you know, just want to keep going.
1: Your dad played professional baseball. He played 221 games in the majors, including with the Seattle Mariners. I was noticing on, on your Instagram, you have a, a, a little video collage. You have a split screen where it's you hitting a home run back in Everett back in 2019 and your dad hitting a home run playing for the Mariners in the kingdom against David Wells, very similar swings too. How much of an influence has he been on you? I'll say a lot. Um, um, you know, I played Little League um, when,
7: I, when I was a kid, and then I started, you know, practicing with him. You know, um, he's been like my, my role model, the guy who, you know, we've been putting a lot of work together, and, um, you know, I think he without him, you know, I wouldn't be here. So, yeah, I'll say my dad's been pretty – um, Principle in you know my development.
1: Is it special for you to play for one of the organizations that he played for? Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty fun. Um,
7: sadly, I didn't you know I didn't watch him play when he played with the Mariners because I was too young. But uh, it's, yeah, it's it's pretty special.
1: What is that? does he still talk about that home run that he hit
7: off David Wells in the Kingdom? Um, sometimes you know. Um, I mean, my, my dad had a lot of memories, but, um, yeah, th- that's, that's one of those, you know. I mean, it was a, a pretty special moment, and, and then after I signed with the Mariners, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been
1: pretty fun. Definitely. Well, uh, also, I wanted to ask you about your off-season plans. What are you going to be doing? Uh, do, you play summer, or do you play fall ball anywhere? What do you do when you're, when you're not here? Well,
7: last year, uh, you know, I just stayed in Florida for uh, my preparation. Um, This year, let's see what happens, you know, I would like to play in Winnable in in, in Venezuela, but Let's see what happens, Um, you know, any any play can change, but let's see what happens and um, Let's see how the season ends and you know, let's see what the team have to, you know uh, Got for me, but let's see what happens like I said.
1: What final question here What does Robert Perez jr. Do when he's not playing baseball? What's a fun activity that you like to do? Um, I'll say sleep. <laughs> also, yeah, um, I, I like to rest. You
7: know, I sleep a lot. But I like a lot of video games. I, um, right now, um, I'm playing a lot, of, a lot of MLB The Show, um, Diamond Dynasty. But yeah, those two, sleep and, and video games. So, <laughs>
1: which team are you when you're playing MLB Dynasty? Uh,
7: I'll say. I mean, I got you know different players in my, in my team. Um, I got JP Crawford on it. You know, for, for the Mariners, but you know, you know, in Diamond Dynasty, I got you know, a couple of different different players. But yeah, I mean, I I can't remember exactly who I got right now, but I like that one.
1: At least he's representing the Mariners even when he's playing video games. Robert <laughs> Perez Jr. Again, great to see you back here with the team. Three home runs in your first ten games. Continued success. Best of luck. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Everett Aqua Sox pregame show presented by Tulalip Resort and Casino. And joining us right now, relief pitcher Mike Machma. Mike, we got to play 100 questions with you first. I need a number between one and 100 to determine your first question. We'll Go with three. The number three. Here we go. If you were to star in a movie, what kind of genre of movie would it be? Would it be a comedy? Would it be an action? Would it, sports movie? I guess would be an obvious one. What would you want to uh, What would you want to star in? We'll go an action war movie. Action war movie. Okay. Are we talking old school World War Two type, or what are we looking at? Something into the future? Yeah, uh, 100% World War
8: Two. Are you a history buff? Uh, yeah, mainly in World War Two. Okay.
1: So. We, we can throw you in one of those. Well, let's talk a little baseball for a minute here. You've had nine straight outings now in which you've yet to give up an earned run. You've gone over 11 innings. Uh, you got to be feeling good about that. What's been uh, What's been going on with you? What's been working?
8: Um, Honestly, just been attacking hitters, been filling up the zone, um, been just trying to have fun. I mean, as simple as it is, but just been trying to have fun out there.
1: I've heard that before, pitchers or players for that matter, saying trying to have fun. Is that more difficult than it should be at times for players?
8: Yeah, you get too wound up in all the negative things like make a bad pitch, you know, give up a bloop single. Like you just got to own in on the strike zone and throw your pitch to your spot.
1: Well, and you've had some issues with injuries this year. We've seen you out from time to time. How frustrating has that been for you? And how easy has it been for you to stay focused and to be ready for the moments like this when you are ready to play?
8: Uh, It is frustrating for sure, but you got to take every day one at a time. You know, you get your opportunities. You got to make the most of them. Um, Can't really take any any pitch off. Now, how are you
1: feeling these days? Uh, I've been feeling really good as of late. Okay, are you still dealing with some things from time to time? It's a long grind over this baseball season anyway. Is anybody ever really 100%? I don't know if anyone's
8: really 100%. But, yeah, I'm good as of right now. Nothing nothing nagging, no new stuff. So,
1: Now, you were originally signed by the Los Angeles Dodgers. You get released. You come to the Mariners. I guess kind of a two-fold question. Number one, from a standpoint of getting that word that you've been released, I guess a lot of people can take that many different ways, right? You can get frustrated, you can want to walk away from the game, you can use it as motivation. How has that served you? And maybe also talk a little bit about why the Mariners? Uh, So when I got released,
8: it was more like, well, what's next? Um, And from there on, I just take it day by day because you never know what tomorrow may bring. So that's my main uh, mentality. My main focus this year is just to take it day by day and see what see what happens. Um, and the Mariners were actually the first ones to call. So it was one of those things where I couldn't pass up the opportunity and I wanted to stay playing. So you really can't pass up the opportunities when they come.
1: No, definitely. And and the Machma family, we've, we've got a couple of pitchers there, right? Your brother Chris pitches in the Miami Marlins organization. Is it the Beloit Skycarps? Did I see that right?
8: Yep, that's correct.
1: So they're out of Wisconsin.
8: They are, yeah. It's really nice because it's close to home. So my parents get up there a lot.
1: How far is that from home?
8: Uh, about two and a half hours uh, maybe three so it's not not terrible for them um and they do it every week so they're troopers
1: talking to me a little bit about the relationship between the two of you how often do you talk and when you talk do you talk baseball uh
8: yeah we actually talk every other day and we talk mainly baseball um he's a very smart kid loves the game so he's always picking my brain i played a lot of guys that are in that league last year so he's always asking me for scouting reports always trying to figure out how to get guys out. So it's it's fun to talk to them about that, especially when we're talking shop.
1: Now, I read something recently during COVID. Did the two of you work out together, and did you kind of serve as each other's pitching coach?
8: Yeah, we do. We actually work together every off season too, and we do serve as each other's pitching coach. We always break down video of each other, always bouncing ideas off each other, always trying to figure out how to get better.
1: So is one of you better at one, maybe have one better pitch than the other and vice versa? And do you, do you work with the other one to improve that, or how does that work?
8: yeah so he's he's really good when it comes to locating um i've learned some of his mental cues with that i'd say i throw a slider better than he does so right now he's trying to learn that and we're trying to figure out how he can best do that so he's bouncing ideas off of me right now so
1: now webley's the mascot in everett they've got poopsie i guess is the name of the uh, the SkyCart mascot what better what mascot webley or poopsie Oh, Wesley. Webley for sure. Okay, good answer. We wanted to make sure you had that one down. Well, and not only that, your uh, your parents have come out to see you play a couple times already. I think one time you told me they kind of made it a, uh, a brother trip, right? Didn't they go see Chris and then see you at the same time? Or
8: Yeah, they actually stopped in Beloit on their way to Everett. They drove out, so they made that. Oh, 36-hour trip, stopped there, and then kept going all the way out to Everett.
1: So what did they think of the drive? I mean, are they are they the type that like to get out and explore anyway? What was that like for them?
8: Yeah, they're real big road trip people, so they love that drive through Montana. There's not a whole lot out there, so they were big fans of it.
1: You mentioned to me a few minutes ago before we started recording that mom and dad are coming back out in a couple weeks. Are they driving this time around, or are they flying?
8: No, they're flying this time. They, they wanted to little break from the car so they're dry they're flying and what is the hometown uh holland michigan tell me about holland michigan give me a couple sentences what is it like there um it's really cool it's a really small town really tight-knit community right on lake michigan so it's really nice in the summers really cold in
1: the winter i can imagine well and speaking of family we talked about your your parents a little bit what are their names by the way let's give them a shout out uh scott and jen Okay, and then we've met your in-laws this week also. They've been over here in Tri-City, and they were also uh, in in Everett for, uh, I guess, a couple of days to see you play, Butch and Jesse. And Butch was telling me, your father-in-law, that the first time he's seen you pitch.
8: Yeah, been waiting quite a bit for that. He came out to two series last year that I didn't get in the game. Um, so it's been kind of nice having them out here. Um, I mean, it's always nice having family out, and that especially that he got to
1: watch, it's Pretty neat. Yeah, we should mention their daughter too, Miranda, your wife. Uh, she's kind of the MVP, really. I mean, I remember days in April when it was about 40 degrees out, and I'd look up into the crowd in the eighth or ninth inning. There's maybe just a handful of people still left. She was always there watching. She's always there encouraging, cheering you guys on. What does it meant to have her along this journey with you?
8: Uh, it means a lot. I mean, I think she's missed maybe five games all year, so it means a lot that I always have her, her support. Um, whether it's good or bad, I mean, she played softball, so she's always picking apart this and that. But I mean, it's always great to have her up there and I can always count on her, so it's wonderful.
1: Yeah, softball player at the University of Delaware, right? Yeah. I've never asked her, what position did she play?
8: She was an outfielder, um, so I think she started in center and then moved to left towards the end of her career.
1: So you guys do talk a lot of shop then? Uh, ever have you ever had a chance to watch her hit? And do you, have you ever pitched to her, I guess? And would it be an underhand, I, I would suppose, right?
8: Yeah, I actually got to watch her one series in college when I got hurt. I was able to drive down to North Carolina to watch her. Um, but that was the only time I've ever seen her. I've thrown to her a couple times, um, which was kind of cool. Uh, we do talk a lot of shop. But softball and baseball are different, so she has her um, – things of what she thinks should happen in the game of baseball, and obviously we have our things, so <laughs> it's kind of interesting, it's kind of fun, um, but yeah, it's, it's great.
1: I did want to ask you too because I thought this was a cool story. Talk about how the two of you met. It was, it was through baseball.
8: Yeah, we actually met in Cape Cod um, when I was playing out there, so we had a mutual friend on the team that kind of introduced us, and here we are.
1: It worked out well, and I do got to ask you before, uh, before I let you go here. September 10th is a big day. I'm a University of Washington football fan. You're a graduate of Michigan State. We've talked about it a little bit already. Tell me about what the, uh, give me a prediction first of all. What happens at Husky Stadium that day? I'm guessing you and I aren't going to be able to watch the game because we've got an Aqua Sox game that night, but what are you expecting at Husky Stadium on September 10th?
8: Well, I expect some good football. I know it's Pac-12 against the Big Ten, but I got to take my boys. I think (laughs) think they're going to clean it up and take home a victory.
1: Okay, something we can agree on anyway. Ken Walker just got drafted by the Seahawks in the second round, the running back, Heisman Trophy candidate for a while there last year. What, what can the uh, what can the Seahawks fans expect? I know you watched him a lot play when he was playing for Sparty, right?
8: I think they're going to be surprised at how good he is. I mean, he's going to run over a lot of people. I think, uh, I don't want to say comparison, but I think he's he's a lot of Le'Veon Bell. So I think he's going to prove prove a lot to the Seahawks fans. Uh,
1: Another Michigan State running back.
8: Yep, another (laughs) Michigan State running back.
1: There we go. So a little bit of everything with Mike Machma. Again, he's been on fire lately. Nine straight appearances without giving up a run. Mike, congratulations for the success recently. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And that'll do it for that portion of the Tulalip Resort and Casino pre-game show. We'll be back with more right after this.
0: body, a line drive, one high, flag down, backhanded by Levy. He has it and throws him out. Winging a fly ball, left field slicing towards the line, long run. Miles Miller also going out as a third baseman, Cole Barrow makes the catch. And he made it all the way down near the Aqua Sox. Bullpen, what a play by Barr. Wow, round ball to the right side. Diving, stopped by Parker from shallow right field, throws him out. What a play by James Parker. Here's a 1 0 pitch to Tori Alba. Swing and a line drive. One hopper flagged down by Marte. Long throw to first is in time. What a play by Marte. In the pitch swing and a ground ball hit to third. Parker has it second. One throw to first. That's in time for the double play. And they go around the horn to get it. 5 4 3 double play. And that is tonight's Skyline Properties Guild Mortgage play of the game. Wings head to drive to left center field. Coming on LaBrada. There to make a diving catch. LaBrada had Romo played perfectly. And he sprinted over to his spot. Made a sliding diving catch. Barroa right-handed delivers. And Rust Tuyo's going to second. The pitch is inside. Throw to second. is on the money. That is in time. What a throw by Andy Thomas. Barroa his 1-1 pitch. To Zach Bean. There goes Diaz. Pitch is low. Throw to second. He is... In time, they got him! How about Andy Thomas? He's two for two tonight. Pitch is inside. Throw the third as the runner was in motion. It's in time and Torrey Alba is thrown out. No, how about Andy Thomas tonight? He has thrown out four would-be base dealers. Hits the rest of two. Yostwa popped up. This might do it. Maybe a play for Thomas near the base of the screen. He's got it and the ball game is over. Right in front of the backstop screen, Andy Thomas. Shows, that's up the third baseline, beautiful clock. charged by Barr, bare hands, goes to first. Are you kidding me? Did he get it? Yes! Oh, Cole Barr, what a play! Didn't think there was any chance in the world he was gonna get him. Cole Barr, halfway down the third baseline on the grass, bare hands. In one motion, snaps a throw to first, Diaz with his speed, he was out. Back, 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 moon shots, smug, and honest waiting, Yuma, way back there. Parker waits. The next one swing, a high fly ball belted, deep left field, Ward will turn and watch it go, it's a three-run home run for James Parker. A one ball, one strike. Mike Salvatore and the next one swinging a drive deep left field down the line into the corner. This ball is gone. The only question was whether or not he could keep it fair. And he shoots it out of here, his second home run. 2-1 pitch to Salvatore, swinging a high fly ball, launched to deep left field. Martin to the track to the wall, and Mike Salvatore is hit another home run. His 1-0 pitch, swinging a drive to deep left field. That's going, going, that's a goner. Mike Salvatore, another home run. His third of the series, his second of the night, his fourth since Sunday. Oh, I would love to see him get a hold of one right here. Here's a strike one pitch two to Nuelve Marte. Swing and a drive to dead center. Back goes Tuyo. He's going away back. And that ball is gone. Nuelve Marte, a three-run blast to dead center.